The past year will go in the books as the year we fought the COVID-19 pandemic. But in the digital world, there is another pandemic raging. It spreads fast and its symptoms can hardly be cured. I'm talking about the epidemic of cybercrime. In the past 18 months, the ransomware attacks on SolarWinds, the Colonial Pipeline and Kaseya have shown us that neither government nor civilians have cyber threat immunity. We are all vulnerable to cybercrimes. I am Milana Vin, a reporter with Buyouts and P-Hub, and welcome to Spotlight. In today's episode, we hear from Hugh Thompson, a managing partner at Crosspoint Capital and former CTO of Symantec. He started by explaining why, despite all the investments supporting cybersecurity innovation, threat actors seem to always be one step ahead. You can almost think of the cyber criminal now as a sophisticated organization. What they're using to actually initiate the attacks, the mechanics of the attacks, they're using the same kind of tooling that businesses are using to grow and scale. They're using artificial intelligence. They're using machine learning. They're using scale. And they're incorporating these capabilities because they are seeing the fruits of their labor and will continue to see that happen. The government's inability to prosecute cyber criminals only adds fuel to the fire. If nobody can catch the robber, then how can you prevent another robbery? In the digital world, criminals' identities are much harder to reveal. Furthermore, capturing someone's data in exchange for payment in Bitcoin seems a lot less violent than robbing somebody in real life. What we've seen over the past few years is efforts ramp up to try and prosecute cyber criminals, to identify who they are, to actually go after them. In reality, it's incredibly tricky. These folks take great pains to disguise themselves. Many operate in countries where what they're doing may not be considered illegal. So you have an unfair field of play, right? You're a defender, you have rules, and the attackers on the other side, they don't have rules. So what can we do to hold those criminals accountable? The U.S. government decided to demand accountability from the software providers themselves. The new executive cybersecurity order issued in May requires all software companies that want to sell to the federal government to disclose their code and the origination of its elements like a nutrition label on a food item. Previously, when consumers were buying software, they didn't know exactly how the code was developed, so they unknowingly exposed themselves to potential weaknesses of that code. In the context of a cybersecurity company, that would mean exposing yourself or your company to a cyber threat. And we saw a, a huge executive order in cybersecurity passed in May of this year, and one of the focal points of it was asking, which should be a really simple question, if you buy software, if you download it, if you use it, what is in it? What's it made of? It's like if I go to the food store and I get a box of Cheerios, I have an ingredients list. I also have percentage of daily values for, for certain vitamins and minerals, <laughs> and then I can make a choice. In software today, we don't have that. So I think the executive order is going to drive that kind of behavior and that kind of software composition analysis into the mainstream. The way the government will force companies to follow the new order is through government recruitment. Unless the companies disclose all the components of their software code, 
the government won't buy their software product. Think about the amount of software that the federal government buys every year. If they implement standards that say, we'll buy it, but you have to tell us exactly what's in it, or we won't buy it. It by itself is a massive lever and incentive to have software developers, producers, create this kind of transparency. While the executive order is going to enforce transparency of B2B cybersecurity companies, it is yet to demand the same from B2C companies that sell cybersecurity software directly to consumer. Meanwhile, consumers' needs in digital safety are only becoming greater. In fact, we likely all know somebody who has clicked on a phishing email before. Or maybe we even fell into this trap ourselves. And so when it becomes real, when it becomes visceral, you see the consumer wanting tools, techniques, things that can protect them. And so I think we're going to continue to see a pull from the consumer for cyber safety in general, which includes security, privacy, but also protection of their family. How do you protect your kids? These are questions that parents and normal citizens are asking themselves now more and more. And maybe they wouldn't have asked themselves those questions three or four years ago. The idea of securing your connected home devices, like Alexa, a smart fridge, or a Bluetooth speaker, is becoming an important one for entrepreneurs. Thompson says that's where security and privacy become equally relevant. I think there's a huge opportunity in securing the connected home. And you're seeing some companies uh, offer solutions here. You're seeing, you know, some, what I would say is kind of Gen 1 solutions in that space. But think about the opportunity to not just provide security, but also privacy in simple terms. Like, how do I know every microphone that's connected in this room is off right now? Just asking that simple question would be pretty transformative. So I think there's a lot of room to run. The spread of cybercrime has been especially hard to curtail in the past few years. We might not be able to stop the attacks from happening once and for all, but we will learn how to quickly detect and respond to them. In any case, Thompson says collective action is necessary. What we've seen over the last five years, the attacks, the actual negative outcomes of these attacks, I think corporate executives, individuals across every demographic, every country, every vertical, realize that the threats are very real. And this is something we must take action on. If you want to learn more about the state of cybersecurity today and the hottest investment opportunities in the sector, be sure to get your copy of the Buyouts Magazine September issue or check out buyoutsinsider.com. In the cover story, I explore the newest trends in cyber investing and share the best sourcing and diligence practices of Toma Bravo, Crosspoint Capital, Bain Capital, and more. For Buyouts and P Hub, this is Milana Vin. Thanks for listening.